Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. What's up? What is up? Hey, Jeffrey, how are you doing? I was just like, every I get in here and then I hit record and then I'm like, uh, and then I talk and then I realize I'm stumbling on every word. So I try and do the practice and I was just about to hit pause and you chimed in. I'm so happy. So excited. Right. Let's go. Fucker. Let's go live and say hi to Jeffrey. Man, what a weird week. I stopped paying attention to the news <laughs> like Wednesday. It was just, uh, I don't know, it was too much. So how was your week? Oh, you know, it was busy here too. Um, I mean, like news-wise, it's all over the place. And, mm. well, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's one of those things where, I don't know. Yeah. Some of it, some of it is... <laughs> Some of it I can't help but think that, uh, you know, news cycles got used to the fact that they had something to constantly go on. Right. And so now, you know, we've got a lot of, I wouldn't call it manufactured chaos, but overhyped to say the least. Salam alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, you might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Yeah, they're looking for the controversy in a normal story. You know what I mean? That's what's mm -hmm. bugging me. It can't be a wildfire without blaming somebody for the causes and effects of it. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. it can't be whatever the topic of the day like i think we talked early in the week about joe biden saying long hauler syndrome should be covered by the ada and i just wanted to say to joe that's so funny because the ada doesn't even really cover disabled people anymore you know what i mean right um, so it, i mean it was it was I'm, gutted early on in 2016 by the senate for donald trump you know what i mean he was mm -hmm. the building 
he built he builds buildings and he didn't want those uh restrictions in his elevators and steps and stuff so yeah you know we need to restore that and get back to it but it became a story about long hauler syndrome and then what i tried to do i was going to go and make a list of all the things that you could go on disability for if you had long hauler syndrome and then i just went into a rant on my in my note about how we got here and never actually got to the long hauler part of it <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know it's it's i mean i can see it from your perspective it's bullshit you know you've got you've got this weird mix of people who had through who people who got COVID and got it bad through no fault of their own. And then you got people sure. who got COVID because, you know, they thought it was a hoax or, mm. you know, whatever crazy shit that they happen to think of. And now you've got all of these stories coming out of people who are, you know, wishing they would have gotten the vaccine and, and this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell people at this point. It's like, look, you know, sure. You know, you can take your chances with COVID and hope that you don't end up getting deep throated by a doctor or right. You can take the vaccine and know that there's a significantly uh, smaller chance that that's bound to happen. Sure. You know, no vaccine is perfect and mm -mm. people are, and, and that's what, you know, people are griping about right now, you know, that haven't been vaccinated. It's like, Oh, all these breakthrough cases. It's like, well, I mean, because, you know, we still kind of are in the middle of a pandemic and because, right. you know, we don't have a whole lot of vaccination, number one, here in the United States and number two, ar around the world, I mean, you're going to get variants and Delta variant is a significant change from, you know, yeah. what the vaccines were originally created to take on. It went from a sneeze to a garden hose. If you, if you, if somebody's infected and you're around them, it's like getting hit in the face with a garden hose of COVID, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's and, the and difference. I mean, and and realistically too, like now it's now it's uh, transmissibility is on par with, you know, chickenpox, seasonal flu, um, mm -hmm. and any number of diseases. Right. And and so like that that number that you know because it's got an R naught of six to eight that means that the average person is going to be spreading it to six to eight people, which mm -hmm. is very common like flu wise. Uh, does that you know what does that mean? Well. It means that if you're vaccinated, you know, you're going to get it. Like it just happens. Yep. But the reality is, is that you have a very, very, very small chance of ending up in the hospital or dead. Right. And I mean, the other, you know, the other reality is, is that if you do get it, your symptoms, you know, statistically are going to be far more mild compared to yes. other people. So, you know, you have to think about it in that, you know, if you, if you're vaccinated and you get a moderate version of COVID, you can think, and you're vaccinated, you can take, thank the vaccine for, a, you know, mm -hmm. helping give you some of that protection that is going to keep you from being hospitalized or dead. Right. Whereas if you also get a, just a mild version of the Delta variant, uh, you know, you can thank, you can thank the vaccine for giving you the ability to, you know, not have something more worse, mm -hmm. you know, a far a bit worse and more annoying. But aren't we right back to where we were? It like the vaccine protects me, but it doesn't protect you. Like if I have the Delta variant, you're going to get it right because I can still spread it. I just can't die from it if I'm vaccinated. And I it's think just, that's the real issue. We can yeah. all get COVID and we can all give COVID, but some of us won't die from it and others will. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, statistically, st- uh, to say it mathematically correctly, statistically speaking, far less of us that have been vaccinated are going to die from it than people who have not been vaccinated. And that's just the reality. Yeah. It's right. not, it's not, it's not the magic bullet and we're all going to walk around bulletproof. Fact of the matter is, is that even, even when you wear a bulletproof vest and you get shot, it still fucking hurts. <laughs> yes. That's a great analogy. You don't, you won't die from the bullet, but man, that's going to hurt for a little while. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing too, is much like a bulletproof vest because, you know, being a gun person, you know, those vests are only so good (laughs) and depending on the bullet that gets used, you know, yeah, nine millimeter going to suck 45 going to suck 22 going to suck something that's armor piercing. Mm -hmm. And that's what Delta is, is it's a mild armor piercer of, of a disease, right? You know, yeah, for the most part, you probably are all right, but it's a chance you don't necessarily want to take. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go back into lockdowns or anything like that. Or I think that, you know, people are going to have to make the wisest choice for them at this point. You know, what what mm-hmm. the right so-called claim that they wanted all along. It's just that I think that they were fucking stupid the way that they were going about it. It's like at yeah. this point, if you're, you know, if you're worried, get the vaccine. So mm-hmm. that way, number one, you can protect your own health. Right. And then number two, you know, use your decision metrics to, to decide what it is that you're comfortable with. Like, right. you know, for example, I know somebody who, you know, wanted to go do, uh, uh, an outing with a bunch of friends this weekend. And turns out one of the people in the group was unvaccinated and ended up with COVID and, you know, they're vaccinated and they had, you know, they were just like, I don't know what choice I want, you know, what the choice is like, I don't feel comfortable. It's like, well, you know, in terms of what's going to happen to you, mm-hmm. I mean, statistically speaking, very little you have to worry about. Right. Whether or not you can spread it to somebody else. I mean, one of the things we have to keep in mind is that when we talk about the unvaccinated, you know, overwhelmingly we kind of give shit to the people who choose not to be vaccinated, but there's mm-hmm. still people who number one have uh, abil- disabilities that are preventing them from being able to get to a vaccine. Right. And number two, people who are 12 and under who have not had a vaccine approved for them yet. Right. And it's so, honestly, it's, it's the people that have put the, the research in and then decided not to get it. I re, I kind of respect them. I don't know what you're researching, but if you've gone to opposing opinions and your doctors and, and every, everybody has come to the conclusion that it's best for you to not get the vaccine. I can't challenge that. What I have an issue with is those people that on its face say, I'm not going to research it because I know it's bad because the Democrats are trying to push it or whatever it is. The Republicans told me not to, and they didn't do the research. That's the just keep countering. I just keep countering people with Trump's vaccine. Exactly. That's my point is like, we didn't even make the Biden vaccine yet that has the Bill Gates chip in it right now. We're using the, uh, what is it? Uh, Coke brothers chip from mm-hmm. the Trump vaccine. And I don't understand why they wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know why, because it automatically deducts from your account every month and it goes into the Trump campaign. That's what the chip does. The Koch brothers chip does. Right. There you go. <laughs> no, for fuck's sake. Like, so, that's, and that's just, it is, it's like the people, some of the people that have been the most vocal about getting it. And I sit down and say, you know, this was created under Trump. Right. Yeah. And the, and then they just kind of sat, sit there and then you can watch like, as the, the, the cognitive dissonance wheels start to grind. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, 
Biden is literally pushing the vaccine that Trump pushed to have created. Period. End of story. Right. So, so when you tell, when you sit down and you hear things that you know, like the CPAC cheered over the fact that Biden missed the seventy percent mark. It's like this is literally your own party cheering on the fact that number one, they didn't get Trump's vaccine, and number two, they literally are cheering for your death. Well, or your hospital bills. Yeah, they're cheering for Biden to fail, but it's it's their their voters that are dying to right. to to prove that point. And that I don't know why they haven't realized that Republican supporters. Oh, that, yeah, you're a tool right now for the Republican Party's agenda. And I don't know if they have an agenda. You know, <laughs> well, right now their agenda has just been to let their constituents die and press falsehoods. And well, that's that the, was, and that's yeah. the wild thing about this is is that you know look like. Uh, the biggest the biggest one that I have to give credit to the Republicans on is, you know, the lack of va vaccine mandates because the vaccines aren't FDA approved. Like, I have to give it to them on that one just because, like, there just yeah. is there's no precedent in saying you have to take a vaccine that doesn't have full FDA approval. And the military's waiting for full approval, too. So, yeah. And, and, and you know, I've got quite a few military buddies and that's what they've said is like, we can't make anybody take the vaccine at this point. That said, the moment that it gets full FDA approval, it's either get the jab or get out. Right. And yep. and that's just it, you know, and a lot of people try to do the whole, like, well, my rights, it's like vaccine status is not a protected class, whether or not you want it to be. No public safety trumps individual rights 1902 the case i i don't know the case name but it was argued in the supreme court that yes you have to get vaccinated if you pose a risk to the population you know and so you know and that's just it we we have this time and again throughout many other throughout many other cases i mean mm -hmm. there are vaccines that you have to take that your kids have to take in order to go to public school and if you right. don't want to do that then homeschooling or you know if find some private school that allows you to go non-vaccinated and well uh, i can tell you how that looks because in washington in 2018 we had an epic measles outbreak mm, yes you really did i remember talking to dan about that all the time yeah. So, I mean, like, by all means, if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But then, uh, as I have said time and again, you know, you complain about socialism. Well, my money that I pay into insurance or through taxes should not mm -hmm. be covering your decision to be a public health risk. Period. End of story. Agreed. And those hospital bills are fucking atrocious. Right. And the only time that some people seem to get it is when they realize that they're going to be on the hook for anywhere from a quarter million to a million dollars worth of hospital bills. And then suddenly they're crying for some socialism. And I'm like, <clears throat> look, yeah. you had your chance. The, the shot was your chance. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, literally spend $25 to get a slew of shots that is going to keep you from spending $250,000. And that's really what it is. Like right now, it's like tax wise, like the COVID shots are about 25 bucks and, and legitimately could actually be produced for less uh, by the time that they get all of their, their factory space tooled sure, up. Sure, sure. And so literally you could be, you know, the cost could be $10 to prevent you from having a 250,000 to a $1 million hospital bill. Right. Cause but yet, still, why is the COVID shot free and insulin $900 anyway? Oh yeah. That's, that's a huge problem. Like, yeah. and, but and I'm sorry. I didn't want to segue cause I really like the topic we're on. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's to me, that's any number of, that's any number of certain, you know, medications that keep mm -hmm. going up year after year. And it doesn't make any sense because right. 
I mean, in you know, in terms of in terms of medical theory, these things should be easier to produce because you should have had time to tool up factory space. So the reality in this whole situation is, is that you know, in those cases, that's just market gouging. That's not anything to do with supply and demand. But back right. to where we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say we discussed this, that a lot of conservatives, Trump supporters, Republicans were going to wind up on disability because of COVID. I remember you brought that up like back in like February or March. And I was like, yeah, and I've been watching. And now here we are. And a whole bunch of conservatives that claimed that we're just freeloaders on the system are going to become dependent on the system that they created. And this, to me, is a bit of irony. And I know it sucks, and I hate that. I hate talking about people getting sick and suffering. But I also want to say that, yeah, karma exists if you can stick around long enough to see it. You you can, yeah, if you survive to see it. Karma right. exists. And, right. and, and, you know, this was a prediction that I, like, once again, like, I want to be proven wrong. I really do. Because yeah. I don't there are certain cases I don't want to be right. I really don't. And I saw, you know, we saw this coming, like people with long haulers, like the number of people who are going to wind up on social security and disability because they legitimately aren't able to function because of long COVID. Like we knew that this was possible. Right. When we knew that, when we found out that long COVID was a thing and that people were still struggling to, you know, live in uh, just a regular life. Right. Without working. We knew that this was going to be possible. I mean, it doesn't. It really doesn't take a scientist to figure that out. The probable, not just possible, probable. You know, <laughs> well, and and this is where we are. Is that, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate because the people who made choices that they were trying to avoid this from happening, right? You know, I feel bad for them because now they're stuck in the system and they were trying to do everything right. Exactly. And you can't separate the two. You, nobody's going to say, well, I didn't Legally, want you can't. Legally, you, know? you can't, unfortunately. Saw, well, you might be able to say at a certain point, like at the end of this year, we're not accepting new COVID because you should have been vaccinated, but there's still breakthrough. You can't do that. We're right. American, you still got breakthrough cases and all of that. Individuals, we've paid into it. We deserve to get it out. It's just the... Uh, it's 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 going to boil down to a UBI, isn't it? Because the Democrats are just pouring money into people's bank. My friend Sherry said, "Hey, can you tell me why I have three thousand extra dollars in my account this month?" And I said, "Sure, you know, you got the child tax credit, seven hundred and fifty dollars. You finally got your stimul stimulus of fourteen hundred dollars. You got about you know you got about three thousand dollars." I said, and she said, "What do I do with it?" I said, "Save two hundred in a savings account because you're going to get screwed at the end of the year." because you're going to be taxed on the income you got. It's a tax credit. So save $200 of that every month and then take the rest. Take the rest and be appreciative that the Democrats gave you something. You know? yeah. <laughs> if, you have any, if you have any debts, pay. Yeah. You know, if you have any debts that have interest, pay those off. Right. I like and if you that. Don't, you know, I mean, because that's, you know, that's been one of the things that I've been doing over the course of the pandemic is, right. is, you know, I've had some of my student loans paused. And so I've been taking that money for the most part. Like initially I was using it to invest in, you know, my local economy, like trying right. to keep some of my small businesses that I, I go to alive. Right. But then I also started putting money down on the debts that I have that have interest that are currently working because, you know, now is as good a time as any to try and get those debts paid down. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. 
you know, the, the, the fewer debts that I have in that realm, the easier it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I take it back to this, this thing I heard, uh, rich people are, they're poor because their money is working for them. They put it into things that makes their money work for them. While poor people, they get money and they buy things they think rich people would have. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, paying down your debt, investing. I found that, um, I, you know, I like uh, Robinhood, the Robinhood app, which just went public. I didn't buy any stock in it, though. And uh, Traeger, by the way, Adam. Hey, Adam and Sean, Traeger, the smoker maker, just went public on uh, yeah, on the stock exchange, which is exciting at $22, and it hasn't moved yet. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of people bought those grills, and, and everything yeah. that I've heard about them is they're fantastic. They I are. mean, I don't have the money for a Traeger right now, but, you know. Mm -mm. I've I've heard nothing but good things, and I am absolutely somebody who appreciates a good smoked meat. So I would love a smoker, and yeah. So if you can't afford a Traeger, maybe buy some Traeger stock, and and then wait for it to grow, and then cash it in and buy yourself a, a Traeger. You know what I mean? I just think that stuff is cool. Oh, I think it's I, useful things like that. Like I genu yeah. I generally have a a problem with with uh, publicly traded companies because. They're, they're, now you have this external pressure in order to perform. And that external mm -hmm. pressure right. oftentimes leads to a couple of things. Reduced service, customer service, or reduced quality because you've got to save money somewhere in order to meet what investors expect. And get your bonus at the end of every year. And get your bonus at the end of every year. Like That's I, why insulin is $900. <laughs> and, and realistically, like to me, like I, I love the idea when when a an entity is literally they've just got to be concerned about their employee welfare and the yeah. and their customer product, you know, because you know working in an industry like that, it's like it's nice to know that the pressures that I have to deal with are only making sure that you know the product that people are relying on works the way that it's supposed to, not because uh, we need to make money, but because we, you know, we all need to make money, but we don't have to make money in excess of what somebody else expects us to do. I so. agree. It's the loaf of bread. You knew how to make bread since the beginning of time. Why has the price like quadrupled in my lifetime? It's the same white bread. But now it costs two ninety nine instead of ninety nine cents, and I just won't buy it. I just won't. I'll buy the more expensive, like, um, you know, whole grain breads, because I can justify that. But I'm not going to spend four dollars on white bread. You know, and then, you know, and enough people have become Betty Crocker over the course of the pandemic that they can make their own bread. Oh yeah, I just bought a new uh, big thing of yeast. I'm going to make a whole bunch of bread. I, I know a few bread. people. I know a few people who got like just dedicated bread makers, and they said, mm -mm. "Yeah, no, it's it's changed the sandwich game for me. Like getting a fresh slice of bread every morning to have toast yeah. or to. It's like is it is it as convenient as uh, you know, just picking up a loaf from the grocery store? No. Does it taste better? Yeah. Yeah. And so. you know, like I, I used I used to use a bread machine, but it made really dense bread, and now I've been working on getting fluffier bread you know so i now i have a mixer but i mm -hmm. i mix it very lightly once it starts forming i pull it out and i mix it by hand and i'm gonna let it rise for as long as possible i really want to be like a bread expert you know 
Oh yeah. No bread is oh man, good bread. Mm. Yeah. And There's, if you wanna if you want a hint, add some coconut flour into your bread because it adds a moisture and it's gluten free. Mm. I love gluten bread, straight up. There's so there's this uh back in back home in Montana, there's a bakery called Wheat Montana. And oh. they they do all their own, you know, they raise all these different grains and do any number of different breads. They make this spelt bread that is absolutely delicious. I loved that stuff. Oh man. Like that is, I think one of the biggest things I miss about where I lived in Montana was wheat Montana and being able to pick up a loaf of wheat Montana spelt bread from the grocery what's, store. What's it like? What does it taste like? It's a, it so come? it's a dense bread uh, mm-hmm. that is, that is kind of, uh, it's a little bit sweeter. Okay. And I mean, it just is like in terms of like a toast, it's like, oh, I don't even know how to describe how dense this bread is. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. But like, okay. I mean, and it's, and it, it, spelt is actually like really um, nutrient, uh, nutrient packed. So mm. like, it's good stuff. I like that. I love like <clears throat> pumpernickel bread, you mm. know, and that's like a dense bread to me. But when you toast it, it totally changes, you know. And I, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I come from like a Jewish background and they would play poker all night and mm-hmm. then go to the store to get bagels and oh, yeah. bagels. And, and I would always see the pumpernickel and be like, Ooh, I want the chocolate one. And they'd be like, ha ha ha. And I'd bite into it and be like, it's not chocolate. <laughs> right. But pumpernickel I as a kid is that it. one, is that one where you're like, Oh, this sounds awesome. You bite into it. You're like, ah. yeah. I just got like a flaxseed or whatever that is, you know? <laughs> right. No, so when I was in college, I had, um, so we, we had a new class that, um, some of us got to try out, uh, just to kind of get some reviews from a senior perspective, of whether or not this would be useful. And it was like a, like a kind of like a world history and languages class, kind of like an introduction to the idea of studying languages. And it was, oh, it was fantastic. And and the class I actually loved. Uh, so the, the French teacher that we had, uh, she was not very technological uh technologically savvy so mm-hmm. you know i'm supposed to be a student in the class and and i was also the the language department assistant and so she asked me if i would you know run tech for her so that way she could teach the class and of course you know i'm like yeah sure that's no problem for me nice and so you know didn't think anything of it it was great well uh then uh after that weekend she shows up uh, at the office and she says, Hey, I, you know, I wanted to say thanks for, you know, uh, running tech for me. I was like, Oh, no worries. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's fine. I, I don't mind. And she's like, well, here, I made a loaf of French seed bread for you. Mm. Oh my God. It like, she gave me two different loaves of bread and they were, Oh man, I don't even know how to describe the, the two different loaves of bread other than they were just absolutely phenomenal i love that a seed bread how nutrient would that be how much roughage is in that you know a lot but you know that was the thing though is is that like it you know lots of nutrients lots of rough lots of roughage it was like all around just a great bread yeah so being able to have you know being able to have something like that it was just absolutely phenomenal i just loved every second of that 
Mm. I mean, I don't eat salads like three times a week because I love the taste of salad. You know what I mean? I eat it because it's it's like a scrub brush going through my body, and I like that. You know what I mean? So definitely, as we get older, the the old uh, you know salad scrub brush for the pooper is a great decision. Well, I think most of the food we have is like our digestive system is made to pull the nutrients out of the body, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what we're doing is we're doing the job of the stomach by pre-processing the food. And our body's just like, we don't have to do much with this. And it just kind of sits there on the sides and slowly the nutrients get sucked out. But so I like the roughage to like clean that stuff out and be like, all right, now I can get the nutrients I want into me, you know? Or, you know, just get an order of Taco Bell and it will do the same, but you know, with fire coming out of your asshole. Kind of. It'll shoot everything out, but like, it's like grease (laughs) in a, to me, it's like grease in a pipe. All the, all the gluten and carb stuff just kind of sits in there and slowly (laughs) closes it. And then Taco Bell just shoots through that like water, but like a, you put a scrub brush, like seed bread in there. And suddenly it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. we can be, we can go back to eating steak again. (laughs) Yeah, no. And, and that's just, it is like, you know, as we've talked about it probably a thousand times, you know, you know, eat what's right for your body and, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what you need when you need it. Like if your body craves a salad, have a salad. Your body needs meat, eat some meat. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I say. Enjoy life, right? Yeah. Remember, eat healthy, stay fit, die anyways. <laughs> I love that. So speak, I don't, there is no segue Speaking from of that. dying anyways. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of dying anyways, if somebody hadn't controlled her mental health in the time of the Olympics, she might have died during, I don't know. I don't know a segue, but I wanted well, to. Well, so, so um, there's a really, there's a really uh, famous Soviet gymnast that this happened to. And I don't, like, I don't know if you saw that story come up and uh-huh. I forget what no. her name was, but in the 1980s, she's 14 year old Soviet gymnast. She was one of the top of the world, but she had a leg injury that hadn't quite healed and so this is you know very much at the height of you know the soviets need to beat the americans the americans right. need to beat the soviets and you know we're you know we're just going full bore regardless <clears throat> well because this this 14 year old girl's leg hadn't healed uh, and her coaches pushed her into competing she ended up uh she, you know she just didn't have the power in her leg because it was still broken right and she didn't get the twist that she needed to and she landed on her jaw and snapped her neck and it made her a quadriplegic uh who is it elena makina wow yeah and and so she died in 2006 at the age of 46 um and Debbie is welcome to join us on the mental health (laughs) issue i am perfectly okay with that anytime just to let her know Oh, absolutely. You know, they're, uh, I think they're just enjoying some coffee to get themselves up and moving. Sounds good. And so, and so like mental health, like having played sports, like Mm -hmm. this, this, you know, there's very much a, there's very much a toxic, you got to do it for me. You got to do it for the team. You got to do it for your school. You got to do it for your college. You got to do it for your country. And it's like, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff has to stop because your body has limits for a reason and mm-hmm. and you have to know what those limits are you know yeah, yeah. you know yeah 
you goof up an ankle a little bit and you can walk through it and you can still compete. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. But, but when you have something medically wrong and if you don't trust your own judge, like, like I don't know that people realize, and I'm definitely not the best person to talk about this, but like those, those aerials that those gymnasts do, like you, you, I mean, from a physics perspective, if you don't get that twist right, you're ending up on your head and compressing your spine. And if you, yeah. you'll never walk again. That could happen with a backflip. That I was a gymnast, and that used to freak me out. The fact that I didn't know if I did a backflip, if I would just break my neck, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I dropped out because I could not, I couldn't get past that thought of breaking my neck with every move that I did on any piece of equipment. You know, and, and I mean, even playing the sports that I did, you know, football and basketball, you know, mm-hmm. you, you put your head in the wrong spot. You end up with a concussion or, or broken vertebra and right. it's like, it's bad news. And this, like, I, I don't know what fucking white moron sitting at home beating their meat and saying she needed to do it for the team mm-hmm. understands that like those tricks are dangerous under sure. normal conditions under conditions where you're fully in it, you're, you're mentally there. You are in key with whatever it is that you're going to attempt. Right. And when you don't trust your own judgment in that point, like that's the exact moment that you need to be like, Nope, I'm stepping back because I'm not going to get hurt for anybody else's sake. Right. You don't push through it in a major competition when you're not ready. You know, right. It's one thing if you're in practice doubting yourself and you can have the support there around you to work through it. But she, she knew that she had a qualified backup. There was somebody else that was willing to step in that was qualified to do it. And she wasn't at the time. So her mental health made her lower on the ability spectrum at that moment than the other people on the team. And that is awesome that she could have the that That's, she could say that, that she could say, I don't feel like I'm at the best, you know, and you know, the and coach say that, you know, the coach to be like, you're right. You're not the best. She's now better than you. I'm going to use her. You go take care of yourself. I love right. that. And, and, and like, seriously, like even as somebody who just played, you know, high school sports, even I had those nights where it was like, I am not the best person to be, you know, trying right. to do the things that I'm trying to do. You're the one that's on fire tonight. You're going to be our lead. Right. And, and recognizing that, like not even, you know, not just even taking the mental health aspect out of it and recognizing when you've got somebody who's on fire and being like, you know what, you're going to lead tonight because you, you, you're unstoppable at this point. Let's go with Mm -hmm. you. You've got this and factor in the mental health. And, and, you know, I think that Simone Biles showed that you can make a decision for your mental health and, know that there are going to be people that will back you up and yeah. say, you know what? You're right. It's like you take what time you need yeah. to, to get yourself to, to help yourself out and we will take care of this. You know, don't worry about us. Worry about you. Right. It's the sliding opinion scale. I don't know her, so I should have no opinion about it. I should just support her. You know, exactly. maybe, pe- maybe people closer know more, but I do not, so it's not my place. And I want it just I put on um I put on Instagram how to explain to people that even though you want to do something, it's not something you're capable of right now. Like and that's the truth with her. She she had a hundred percent want to do it, but what her ability was was zero. 
And that's the problem. She wanted to do it, but wasn't able to do it. And it's the same thing as a quadriplegic trying to do gymnastics. It's impossible. They want to do it. That girl wants to, but she can't. And Simone Biles had a different kind of injury. And Mm -hmm. I really, I really love the fact that everybody treated her like a person and not like a sponsored product, you know? And, and even, and I would, you know, even the big company, a lot of big companies out there even said, you know what? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and really like the, I, I need to drive this home. Like the people out there who are saying that she should have just did it for the team and did it for the country. She doesn't owe fucking anybody, anything that's right. She does not. And people need to stop thinking that gymnastics is just the simple little cartwheel sport. Cause it's not. Right. Well, these that's are just actually people. dangerous. These are the same people that cheer when a guy lays on the field um, half dead with a broken neck in a football game. Yeah, they think that's that true. Football is simple. You know, they, they see hockey and they see these guys getting hit into the boards and laying there and they're like, yes, they're cheering it. You know, yeah, no. they would have been just as happy to see her fail to get up there and break her neck. And they would have been like, wow, I witnessed that. Wow. And they could talk about it. You know, they, nobody wants to, they, people love to see others succeed and fail Mm -hmm. But doing the right thing and living their life. People get bored with that and they think they have an opinion on it. And that's, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, the reality is, is that when somebody says, Hey, I can't do it, it should be okay, cool. And then, you know, we just keep pushing forward, you know, one way Mm -hmm. or another, like, it's like, all right, let's revisit this and let's find out what we can do or, all right, cool. We're going to, we're going to bring in another team member and we're going to get this, you know, cause we have, we need to accomplish something Mm -hmm. like it it should be a very well neutral experience for the person who's like, I can't do this. Like it shouldn't, you know, they should feel supported in their decision. Yes. But they also shouldn't feel like, you know, they're going to face the wrath of a community that's going to be screaming that they were a letdown. That's not at all. You know, on a more personal level, my friend's daughter bought a house and invited me to the house party. And and she said, are you going to be coming to the house party? And I told her I was like, because of my sight, um, groups, gatherings, they give me anxiety. I said, but I would much rather go and be like uncomfortable then make you guys upset and she said well maybe we can do something smaller you know or next week instead and i was like that's great thank you and that's how it that's how it should work on every level she didn't need to judge me or question it she knew Mm -hmm. i wanted to do it but i didn't know if it was something i could do you know what i mean because there's a point where i spill you know, you give me a cup without a lid, you know, you give me a white couch, you give me barbecue. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. going to happen. And yeah. it gives me anxiety that people are watching me the whole time. And that it, it's in my head. I don't think people are actually doing it, but that's how I feel. And it gives me anxiety. And I love her for giving me the other option and not judging me for it. You know what I mean? Right. We should do that with everybody, including, including Simone Biles, who mm-hmm. I think is just, she's just awesome to begin with. And I love that she's being a leader that way. And do you think that now, do you think this is a trend that we can see going forward? My hope is that yes, uh, with the eventuality that, you know, this isn't such a big deal when someone says, Hey, I can't step up to meet the demand and Mm -hmm. they go, cool. 
all right. And they, you know, bring in somebody else or, you know, we should see this, you know, we should see this in places like the NFL, for example, when a quarterback's yeah. like, Hey, I'm not in it tonight. Like I'm not here a running back, a wide receiver. And they go, okay, cool. And so they, they throw in the next person who gets in there. Like that's the whole point of a team sport is, is that not yeah. everybody's on a hundred percent of the time. And the expectation that any of any of these people are on 100% of the time is just pure folly. Because yeah. you know you're gonna have you're gonna have quarterbacks that have nights where they couldn't hit a train if it hit them first. You're gonna yeah. have receivers who, you know, for whatever reason, like every single ball slips through their fingers. Like it's oh, yeah. it's it's a reality, but it shouldn't be damning that those nights happen. Right. Yeah, I uh, I love it. I think I think we're treating people more like individuals people instead of typecasting. Like I think we're going to start seeing Simone bios as a wonderful person and not just a robotic gymnast. And, you know, Megan Rapino from uh, the women's soccer team. I think we're starting to see that they're just, they're people, they're not robots. And mm -hmm. I think we've seen that male, female, you know, in sports that they should be the robot and they should just do it. You know what I mean? And be mm -hmm. the best they can every time. And I think we're getting away from that. I don't know what made us do it, though. You know, I don't know what catalyst changed it. And now we're suddenly seeing athletes as just people and not robots. Well, honestly, I think I think we have the female athletes to thank for a lot of that. And I think we have trans athletes to thank for a lot of that. You know, that people people are people and people can compete and people can compete at the highest level. And people can also decide when not to compete mm -hmm. because they can't compete at the highest level. You know, that yeah. was always you know, like, especially in practice, one of the things that I was always told, like go a hundred percent because otherwise you're going to get hurt. Right. You know, and if you can't go a hundred percent, you know, people need to be able to recognize that if you can't force you, if you can't just do it and you're having to force yourself, you're not at a hundred percent period in a story. You got to recognize, right. you know, and, and I think that, you know, they have, they have, those athletes have pushed back in such a way that it's starting to make everybody else think about it. Right. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Uh, wow. that it's they've, like that they've, that they've pushed back on that because now you, now you're going to have these competing narratives of, you know, Oh, well you just have to push through it to no, you fucking don't. <laughs> Right. Like, what's the point of having a team if you don't have somebody to back you up? Right. Wow. I'm trying to figure out the word to use, but now maybe athletes are a certain class of citizen. You know what I mean? Like an oppressed class of citizen that we need to recognize the rights of. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective on it. Well, I mean, the, if you look at the NCAA rulings that got handed down last month, abs that's yeah. already starting to be the case. Tell me more about that. I'll be right back. <laughs> so, um, these this happened a little bit ago, but uh, the NCAA basically has had um, ba a monopoly on college sports. Essentially, every single thing that is done, the NCAA profits off of, and they use their collegiate athletes 
basically for slave labor. The only way that they don't do it is is that they have quote unquote scholarships, and they have uh, educational credits and things like that. So basically, what they've tried to do is say, yeah, no, you know, you're getting paid. It's your education, and it's uh, whatever other scholarships. But there's been a few cases that have come up where collegiate athletes who are supposedly, uh, you know, having their needs met, uh, aren't getting their needs met. They're not getting, um, like for example, the housing or the food expenses that they need to be able to be, uh, competitors. Um, they're, they've had to make choices about where they live in order to be able to, in order to, to, save money to afford the things that they need to compete. And well, these, these uh, post-collegiate athletes filed suit against the NCAA for antitrust because they had, they didn't have the ability to make money off of their person. Like literally the NCAA profited off of, you know, the, the individual through any number of deals and sponsorships. But these athletes had no say in it whatsoever, whether they got to, you know, use their image to, to what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so the Supreme Court, rightfully so, and unanimously yeah. struck it down hard and said, you know, that it was antitrust. And now the NCAA is on their heels trying to figure out what they're going to do next, because that's billions upon billions of dollars that the NCAA is not going to get because now these, these collegiate athletes are going to be able to license themselves. They're going to be able mm-hmm. to uh, ha- represent themselves for their own, the products that they want. They're going to be able to represent themselves for any number of sponsorships. Yep. And, you know, to me, good. You know, the fact that, you know, you had all of these individuals that were quite literally just at the NCAA's beck and call, like that's, that's just fucked. (laughs) Yeah. And then now all these athletes have a chance to make money before they go pro, which means they don't necessarily have to go pro. And I think that's a big concern. You know what I mean? I remember when Ben, Ben Affleck was negotiating to do daredevil and he was like, no, I want a percentage of the profits. You know, you you can give me less money to do this stupid movie, but I want a percentage of the profits. And everybody in the world was like, you can do that. And I think that changed the way people saw how they could negotiate for themselves instead of using their representation to negotiate for them. I think that was a big moment. And then now athletes becoming their own endorsement, you know, like Mm -hmm. their own sponsor. That is pretty cool. And you see that a lot more like with uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, Mm -hmm. he was or Michael Jordan, even he was his own shit. You know what I mean? Right. And and that's the thing is, is that, you know, college, college athletes being able to decide, you know, being able to number one, make money off of all of these things that the NCAA has literally, you know, uh, just shopped that he's stolen, shopped them out for without, you know, anything other than the fact that saying them saying, it's like, look, you're getting a, you be grateful. You're getting a college education. Right. It sounds like, it sounds like slavery with extra steps. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much how they painted it in the actual filing was that it was, that it was 
next to you know it was next to slavery that's literally how this uh this black football player had painted it it's like it's like i controlled nothing about me and i got scraps right i mean he got an education and he used that education to totally take on the ncaa and he did it (laughs) and i'm and i'm fucking excited for that yeah me too but so the average Every every athlete is trying to get to the magic number of ten million dollars because if you take ten million dollars and invest it, you can live the rest of your life on the interest. I watched that. I saw that on uh, the show Ballers. It was actually pretty informative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it dawned on me that yeah. And I I watched employ and I watched guys do that in their fourth year. They were like, I got my ten million dollars by, you know, and they uh, they lived up to their contract and that was it. And I think. Mm-hmm. Now, if college athletes can hit that mark before they go pro, they don't even have to go pro, and that just saves their bodies and they can do other things. Right. I think that's that's pretty interesting, and I don't. I wonder what the ramifications will be for the sport, like the pro sport, the pro side of it. Where are we going to start getting our athletes from, like high school now? You know, <laughs> to me here, I mean to me what i what i think about that is it's like it's pretty cool it's it's really awesome my hope is is that a bunch of a bunch of these guys that you know a bunch of these athletes that go in get their college their collegiate sponsorships done whatever they decide to do and they really invest in their education as well and Ooh. they go out and they do things <clears throat> They go out and they they work in their communities yes. to help make their communities better places. I that's that's my hope, you know. And me too. I think we're just we're going to enter a new realm of of what that looks like. And I think it's it's hard to put any predictions in place. Yeah, no, um, I love I love the pouring money into the community as opposed to sending it to the government. Because I, I had I had this weird thought, Jeffrey. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And here's the thought. Trillions of dollars are being spent, right? Mm-hmm. But I have not heard Joe Biden say, you know what? We're going to take $52 billion and we're going to eliminate homelessness altogether. Mm-hmm. Like people without housing, we're going to make you a house. $52 billion. There's 550,000 of you. Done. Done. Mm-hmm. Go, go get your house. He didn't say that. You know what I mean? And it makes mm-hmm. me wonder what the money is actually going to be spent on. And it made me think of the infrastructure to manage homelessness going away and how many other people would be negatively affected that actually make their money off of the, the, the despair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it made me reconsider charitable organizations, you know, mm-hmm. in a certain way because they would be gone. Would they be happy if, uh, would St. Uh, what is that? The Salvation Army, would the Salvation Army be happy if they were put out of business because we no longer had homeless people? Well, I mean, the Salvation Army, I mean, the number one, I'm not a fan of the organization, but charitable organizations like that. The answer to me is no, uh, that mm-hmm. they would not be gone because a lot of those organizations also do charitable work overseas. Okay. So, so they're very much would still be there. The question, I, you know, and I think the other thing that you have to 
you have to take into account is just because somebody has a roof over the head, that doesn't mean that they have their needs met. Oh, of course not. And so no, like a lot of what, a lot of what those charitable organizations supply are, you know, the other needs that you might have clothing and food and any number of things like getting, right. getting rid of one of the great question marks, which is a roof over your head uh, would be fantastic. And <clears throat> I think we've seen that it's very clear that, um, the the feds aren't going to do anything about that but the money if we gave them a home the money we then spent on them next would actually be beneficial and going towards something it would be going to the 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 loan not the interest you know what i mean that's the way i look at it i mean if if we're just maintaining somebody that lives outside and we're not giving them anything, then we're constantly helping them health-wise and all that other, you know, everything. But if we get them in a house, then that solves a major issue and we can start gaining ground on their on their happiness, you know? Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's you know, one of those things that we, we definitely have to look at is, is that it's, I mean, it's a multi-pronged approach. You've got several different factors and facets that have to be addressed at the same time. Yeah. <clears throat> that one definitely uh, solves quite a few issues. Um, like you said, health is, is a huge one. Public health is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also too, like, but it also too, like it makes some of the, the other laws that they've been, that homeless people have been busted for like sleeping on sidewalks and, and, and their, their, the encampments that they've, you know, created their, their living space in Mm -hmm. It, 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 it does away with that and does away with those, court cases of them yeah. you know paying for prosecutors and judges times and court clerks and filing fees and blah 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 yeah. i mean it does and and hopefully then you would start to see returns towards you know like how do you help these individuals make yeah. it to the next level <clears throat> counseling sessions training you know home ec um more mm-hmm. more education more school simplified consumer math type things i think that would be cool yeah So you're saying organizations would mutate and evolve into something they wouldn't just disappear. No, absolutely not. They would change, you know, I would say that they would change uh, their focus because, you know, their, their focus might be housing for right now. Mm -hmm. But once, once people are housed, they're going to have a new focus. It's you're, you're onto the next, you're onto the next thing. Right. You know, is it food insecurity? Is it, is it behavioral health? Is it, mm-hmm. um, is it, uh, uh, occupational work? Is it yeah, education? Exactly. You know, is it any number of things like, yeah. Homeless is, is like incarceration in, in the way that it stunts mm. your growth and education. Like suddenly you're just stuck at where you started. And that's the problem. Like uh, I'm thinking to myself, so a homeless person walks into his house and He's, he has dirty clothes. Well, he doesn't know how to wash his clothes. He has no laundry detergent to wash his clothes. So he's still a dirty homeless person until he gets that, what you were saying, occupational, you know, therapy and education to learn these simple things. Like, I don't know how to I use I wouldn't even tool. say that it's about learning simple things. It's about access. And when yeah, you, yeah. And you, and when you don't have access, it's, it doesn't matter what you do or don't know. You, you can know everything in the world, and if you don't have access to do anything about it, it doesn't matter. If you, if you don't know, like, 
laundry detergent or, you know, the simple little things that can destroy the stuff you have just on as a learning curve. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, I mean, like I would say that if that's absolutely an issue, then yes, that's something that can easily be taught yeah, or not with, but I'm not talking absolutes. I'm just talking. Right, in, right, right. In I think, I think, I think, I think a better example is uh, food math is one of my favorites to go to. You yeah. Know, do you have to buy the brand name thing or does the store brand work for what you need it? Because a lot of the times you're saving significant costs that mm -hmm. stretches your dollar a lot further than, you know, going out and buying the brand name of everything that's agreed that's a big 10 for big guy so you know <laughs> things things like that you know very simple things on how do you how do you take your value and stretch it but once yep. again you know like you, you know if you have a roof over somebody's head but they don't have the ability to if you don't give them some sort of pathway to be able to yeah shop buy food work, shop work find health care yeah yeah i mean it doesn't matter like also, too, like some of the some of the things that we've grown to require, <clears throat> like for example, you know, why why you know I think we talked about this last week. Why does a four year degree you know why is a four year degree required to answer telephones? Right. You know that's that's not a thing that should ever be. Um. You know yeah, why it's, it, we treat them on an individual basis is more of the thing, and I like the way we're. We're not lumping people in in groups anymore. Every homeless mm -hmm. person might be different. Every person without a home may be different. And they mm -hmm. all need, they have different goals and different needs. But basically, like, I'm really proud of the fact that I learned that lettuce does what it does and that I could eat that and then, have, you know, how to stretch. Like, I made chili yesterday and it's going to last me five days and I'm going to have chili dogs and chili mac and chili. And so... And that mm -hmm. cost me what cost seven dollars. And so yeah, I'm proud that I learned how to do that. I just think that I know mm -hmm. people with house with roofs over their head that don't know this stuff. So Oh I absolutely. I don't know. You know, and that's I mean, those are things that, you know, even we came up against. You know, how do you mm -hmm. how do you make uh, how do you make something that's gonna stretch for a while? Right. And you and you find ways to do it and it's fantastic. And you find new ways to do it and it's right. exciting and you end up making some really awesome stuff and turns out that it doesn't cost you a whole lot to do it. Yeah. I mean, the yeast cost $4 for the giant thing. I mm -hmm. mean, the flour cost $4. So for $8, I'm going to be able to make thousands of loaves or literally thousands of rolls or, you know, hundreds of loaves of bread. So yeah, that's yeah. a difference for $8. You can have all that bread or you can go to the store and buy two loaves. And that's mm -hmm. what bugs me about it. You know? Oh, absolutely. But you know, you know, one of the things that, you know, you still have to have is you still have to have access to, you know, the time even to oh. make those loaves of bread. And yeah. you know, yeah. that's another one, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where we definitely like, there are a lot of things that we can do to make this better. And of course, but some people aren't even looking at it. You know what I mean? Like imagine, like imagine if, you know, for example, this is a fun one. Imagine if you had access to like a, you know, a community sort of, uh, cookbook really i mean we you know yeah. we always we always grew up with a hard copy like you had like mm -hmm. the, the pta cookbook or you know the the lutheran church cookbook yeah but like what if you had a like a local site 
local cookbook, you know, on the, on you the next get door app or something, something like that, where, you know, it's like, Hey, I get this from, you know, this grocery store, or I get this from this grocery store, you can make Ooh. this and it makes X number of servings, you know, something that is widely available to the community. And that way it's like, Hey, look, it's like, you know, I've got 20 bucks to last a week. You know, what, what can I make? That's going to, yes. What's, what can I make? That's going to help me get to the next payday. Mm -hmm. But learning how to do that before you're down to $20 is a lot easier. You know what I mean? When you have a hundred dollars and you can afford to, to learn how to do that, it's easier than when trying to learn when you're poor you know <laughs> it's it's true but also too i think that a lot of the times that's when necessity finally kicks in for us is, is that it's like uh-oh what am i going yeah. to do right and the reality is it's like you know we actually you know this this was a thread that came up on reddit and you know legitimately somebody was like i've got 20 dollars to make it to friday it's monday i'm hungry Mm-hmm. You know, and you had you had a bunch of people like, hey, do you have Venmo, Cash App, any number of things? Like, I'll 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 send you five bucks, I'll send you ten bucks. And then you had a bunch of us who were like, hey, got some great recipes for you, things that you can make that are going to be nutrient packed, and get you some really good high quality food that right. you'll have for days. Yeah, you split, know, split pea soup is one of those things for me. It's like four dollars to make. And mm-hmm. it lasts, it lasts forever. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be $6 if you put ham in it and then it lasts for me. Like I make a, bi- a giant pot of it and I freeze it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the chili. I just make a giant pot and freeze it. And then when I'm depressed and don't feel like cooking, I just throw it in the microwave and then I smell it and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm hungry yeah, now. Chili. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. and I love doing that. And I just, yeah, I watch like people spend I, I, I was married for 12 years and this, I had knew nothing about food. And this girl was, we went to Taco Bell on a date and we spent $18. And then the next day she said, give me $20 and let's go to the store. And I did. And she bought a pot roast and potatoes and she made an entire meal and then dessert. And all of that lasted three days. And she was like, see, that's how you do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, interesting you know and then when we got divorced i lived on papa john's buy one get one free and subway i'd go up and get two sandwiches and then come back and live on that for four days Mm -hmm. and so i've also been food ignorant and that's why i know that it's important to know your foods you know (laughs) oh absolutely yeah absolutely when your body crashes because you're eating mcdonald's every day i got a oh Thank you for listening to Public Access America. We'll be right back Thursday for another episode. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring Your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I'm for 
our little children yes we can one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character i don't have to tell you things are bad everybody knows things are bad it's a depression in this lifetime you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself but it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done to publish access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.